0: Hey, I'm Lou Stokes, style consultant and confidence coach, publisher, author, and international speaker. Welcome to my podcast, She's Magnetic. On this season's podcast, I am having deep conversations with inspirational women entrepreneurs from all over the globe. Together we explore style and the connection to our inner world and what it means to them to be their own icon, how they've carved their path to becoming a magnetic woman, living life on their terms overcoming adversities, the highs and the lows, and empowering you to believe in yourself. The time is now to take action and step into your magnetic power.
1: If there's something that you've been thinking about, something that calls to you, whether that's writing a book, starting a business, going on a trip, whatever it is, like start planning now.
0: In this episode, I am talking to Sade Dabin. Sade is a Brazilian-American online wellness coach with a mission to help busy women get fitter, healthier, and more confident without dieting, gym, or missing out on the good stuff in life. Sade promotes a more holistic and sustainable approach to wellness that gets you healthy, but also prioritizes your enjoyment and happiness. Sade is both a certified personal trainer and nutritionist specialist that has worked with hundreds of women online and in person around the world. Hey, Shade. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Lou? I'm great, thank you. So our listeners already know that you're a Brazilian-American personal trainer and nutrition specialist. That helps busy women to get fitter and healthier without dieting on the gym. So I really love the fact that you're focused on holistic and sustainable wellness and not just quick fixes. So thank you so much for joining me today on the She's Magnetic podcast. I'm super excited about having this conversation with you. So I would love for you to just fill us in on a few gaps from your bio and give us
1: some more glimpses into your life in London. Of course. Thank you for having me. I love this because it's such a good group of women that you are talking to. I mean, I can say that now that I'm in the group. (laughs) It's really good. Thank you for for having me. You're Um, so welcome. (laughs) As you said, like It is my main thing that I've been doing for the last seven years is focused on really holistic wellness, not so much in the sense of um, yoga or meditation, although I definitely practice that, but more in the sense of just coming up with solutions that actually last instead of just dangerous weight loss or just killing yourself in the gym, but finding solutions that help women feel really empowered um, over time. So, but I didn't always do that. Before that, I was actually in the business world and I was working really crazy hours. This is something that a lot of my clients, a lot of my audience doesn't necessarily know because it was like a lifetime ago now. Um, <laughs> it was a bit long ago. But I, yeah, so I didn't start out in wellness at all. Like, As an adult, I was always interested in it, but I was never a fit kid. I was a very unfit child, actually, (laughs) and I only came into wellness as a as basically like in university when I was putting on a lot of weight and not feeling so great about myself. And I found that it really helped me. But unfortunately, as is the case for a lot of women, I'm sure that are listening. Uh, as soon as I started working in, you know, the normal world, normal hours, adult hours, <laughs> adult I, it is, well it is right. Like when you're <laughs> a student, you can you know fit things in. Yeah. Um, So I went from being extremely healthy and fit to being like not even being able to squeeze in (laughs) like even a moment to train. And this was also several years ago. So a lot of the solutions that exist now, for example, like my online training, that stuff didn't really exist. So it was kind of like you go to the gym or you don't do anything. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, and so I was really struggling. Like I was, I was really in a bit of a fix because I was trying to build my career. I was trying to put in the hours. I worked for a mostly male-dominant company. And uh, so it's like you have to prove yourself even more. And so I didn't, I just didn't have any time to take care of myself anymore. I didn't have time to prepare food, to eat well. And really mentally, it was uh, and emotionally, it was very draining. And so I got to a very dark place to the point where I just could not stand. Like it was so physically hard to wake up in the morning, even when I had loads of rest. It just was too hard. And... Once it got, I remember one morning it was like excruciatingly difficult and I had a lot of personal issues going on as well at the time. Uh, And I just thought, like, forget it, I'm done. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to do this job anymore. I don't care what's going to happen. So I made the decision to give my notice that day. I didn't have a backup plan, which I don't recommend that anyone listening ever do. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, I'm done. Everyone who says, oh, should I give up my job first and then go start my business? No, you should not. (laughs) actually yeah
0: i did kind of the same well did you do that too well i did kind of have a plan i knew i was gonna go traveling but um i didn't yeah i i guess i i didn't really have much of a plan i was like oh i'm gonna travel and do a yoga teacher training course Mm -hmm. but it worked out okay
1: (laughs) but yeah it does it works out of course i think it does and it's definitely sometimes your situation like in my situation, anyway, is so bad that yeah. really you just, you know, it's healthier for you to just come what may. Yes. Um, and see. But I think, like, in hindsight, and now, especially, this is why I'm starting to actually mentor other women that are starting businesses because I think, like, if I had known better, I would have help in certain skills built up those skills while I had my regular job and then planned for my exit maybe like in six months so that I could just immediately get started in my business versus as you know like it just takes longer if you um if you don't already have that skill set to start
0: yeah without a doubt I definitely I definitely think that it's it's good not to do anything too harsh but like you said I was the same as you I I was struggling with an eating disorder and I was like I need to I I had to make a decision um and like yourself it 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 wasn't sustainable for me for my mind or you know my wellness basically but yeah I definitely agree with you that if you can hold on and keep going and have your stable income, it just means that you're creating from a much and more mentally and emotionally stable place, I think, because when you don't have any income or very little, it does make it harder. As you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. So, but like we said, everything does always work out. And I guess, I always believe that we have to trust the process and at that point you made the decision, the right decision for you and, and here you are extremely successful with your wellness business. So,
1: yeah, it's, you're right. It just depends. And like in your situation, if you are mentally and emotionally just not doing well, I mean, then it's just the trade-off is so much more worth it to just cut the cord get away and your first responsibility is to yourself in that case and yeah um you just have to do what you have to do my advice is more like if you're playing with the idea of creating something on your own and you're not necessarily not really negative space or you feel like you could maintain it a little longer I would just give a deadline and get set up first yeah but otherwise yeah otherwise definitely like it will work out in the end (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I I
0: agree. It's like I think you're right. It's like if you can stay there and if it's not a negative situation, then definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So why so you talked about you know how you'd struggled with your weight and then you got really fit when you were at university and then obviously you started on the the corporate ladder and obviously wellness kind of gets chucked to the side. So what compelled you to actually do what you do now? Like, why did you decide to start up a, a wellness business?
1: So initially, it's like you find, and you're probably finding this too, is you come up with an idea and then it kind of evolves based on the experiences of your clients based on what you discover so as it exists now which is the online home fitness and online nutrition and then of course the retreats we do to Europe that's not how it started out it was more like I knew I wanted to help women i wanted to help them feel better especially the kind of women like i had been in a you know a busy work environment like you don't really have time and you're really like overwhelmed stressed physically draining emotionally draining job like i just knew i kind of wanted to help people to not feel the way that i did and so as i was exploring different options To me, it made the most sense to go into fitness because it was something that I also, as an adult, had done a lot on the side that I found really helped me. And also at the time, this was like seven years ago, there were not many women in that space. It was a lot more men. Mm -hmm. And I really truly believe that, and you know, there's always exceptions, but I, having been in this space this long and gotten to know a lot of colleagues around the world, it really takes a woman to know how to train a woman because there's a lot of stuff that we go through, um, a lot of movement issues that we have, a lot of emotional stuff we deal with that I just don't feel most men can really commiserate with. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> So I wanted to be able to be there and to be that person. And so I started out doing physical fitness classes and then that started evolving to what it is today. But it was, it took a process. Like it wasn't, I immediately went into what I'm doing now. Right.
0: Did you always have an idea you wanted to do something, you know, more online or at first you were just like, I know I want to do the fitness for women and help women.
1: It was initially, I didn't know online and especially because seven years ago, it wasn't super common to find wellness online. Like there was YouTube, Mm. of course, uh, which I'm now doing late to the game, but, (laughs) um, but it wasn't like i never thought oh i'm going to do online stuff because also i was really shy in the sense of being on camera and it just was it's funny to think about now because now i like don't even care Right. <laughs> but in the beginning you know it's like intimidating yes. so very
0: <laughs> very i was
1: really scared about the trolls and all of that so i never yeah. did the online stuff Uh, I only wanted to do in person. But then what happened is I moved from New York to the UK and I had to start all over again. And I severely underestimated how difficult that would be. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize like how dependent I was on a physical location. And I just thought like, you know, I want to live in different places throughout my life. I want to travel. I don't want to be stuck in one place and having a physical job that's not online requires you to be in one place like you don't have that freedom and the more I thought about it the more I was like gosh I can't imagine like having to restart again everything from scratch so I'm going to start building something which is location independent and a side benefit of that was like I talked to a lot of my clients back in New York and also here in the UK and a lot of them said, you know, like, I really would love an online solution. Because the thing is, is you don't have loads of time to always have someone come to your house or to go to a class to train. Yeah. And sometimes you can only fit in 20 minutes, especially if you have kids or whatever else. Like, you don't have tons of time. So online really allows you to have that. And also, it's cheaper. It's like, budget-wise, if you're paying for a trainer for classes, it quickly costs a fortune. So... Um, the main reason was because I wanted to be location independent, but then the secondary reasons is I found that it was actually better for clients
0: in many right.
1: ways. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think
0: that I think online, it's just like, even, I mean, I don't have kids, um, and I'm lucky I have my own, like, you know, I have my own business, so my schedule, is up to me. But I do appreciate having the short workouts that I can just do at home because I just find that, like, also when it's shorter as well, I feel like it's easier to be committed to it because when it's longer, it's like, oh, I really don't have time today. Whereas, you know, online it's like, oh, I can do just 15, 20 minutes. And yeah. you, you actually get it done rather than, oh, I've, I have – I don't have time to go to a class for an hour and, you know, get there. And then afterwards kind of shower, whatever, get home. It's like, it does take up a lot of time. And I definitely think that I can, I've definitely felt the benefit of, you know, doing your Rio project and like being able to do the exercise at home and the workouts. It's, I mean, it's incredible because you can take it anywhere you go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly. You take it wherever. And even if it's just supplementary, you know, sometimes people like to get out of the house and go and do their class or do their gym. But then to have the option you know, on a slow day when you don't want to go out in the cold or yeah. you don't want to deal with people or you want to save money, like whatever it is. have the option and I think we're so lucky now not just in my space but for anyone who wants to take their business online there's so much um, resources and software out there now that didn't used to be there so you can give a quality instruction video you can have clear audio you can have really ease of use for your customer that didn't exist before. So it's not the same like, oh my gosh, like that video is not working or you can barely see anymore. Like the quality is so high now that I think it's really the difference between in-person and online. Like, of course there's a difference, but it's not as pronounced as it used to be.
0: Yeah, totally agree. So, you know, the journey of the entrepreneur can often sometimes be a bit of a roller coaster. What is, what is something or one of the things that, you know, make you feel really good about your business, what you're doing, and maybe it's like your client's transformations or, you know, the fact that you've got all this freedom. Like, tell me a little bit more about, you know, when you've, you know, there are days where we're like, yes, I've got this. <laughs>
1: And then days where you're like, you can't get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. But days are like, why am I doing this? Am I mad? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah Oh um, man it is definitely a roller coaster it's addictive otherwise I don't think anyone would stick with it <laughs> um the highs are definitely when you get in the flow and you're creating especially I'm one of those people that loves creating new things but gets a little bit sick of doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. um So I find like the best parts are when I'm creating something new, whether it's the product or I'm offering something new or talking about something new or designing something. That's always for me the most exciting and hours just fly by. I really enjoy that. And then on the client side, it is very much when you have people coming to you, And of course, the transformations, like they make you feel good when people are fitter and healthier and stronger. Um, But the two biggest things for me recently, one that happened is one of my clients got breast cancer um, and it was really unexpected. And she said, you know, I just want you to know, like, this is the situation. And I was, okay, well, let me help you through this. I know that she was quite strong and fit and she knew and I knew that you know, going through chemo, that was going to go away a bit. Mm. So this happened actually last year, earlier in the year. So not super recent, but, and so as she was going through the chemo, like I'm working with her, trying to modify movements for her. She was doing my online program, but I'm giving her you know, do this one, do this one, change this one. Yeah, And she came through it miraculously. She's fine. Wow. And is rebuilding the strength. So now almost a year later, she's back to where she started after chemo, after having breast cancer. And she said to me, like, it's because of you. Like I've had my doctors say that they haven't seen someone bounce back so quickly. Wow. And that is amazing. It's like when you can take someone who's going through that, and then help them maintain their life and keep them you know, going. Obviously yeah. I think of like most of it's due to her and her determination and her positive outlook, but it is nice to be a part of that.
0: Yeah. And, and just, you know, it must have been for her amazing to have your support and like, you know, helping her to modify and just being there for her through the journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's incredible. And is she okay now? Obviously she's Yeah,
1: she's really good now. I mean, she's just bounced right back. She obviously had the the removal, so they've taken it out. It's fine now, but it was, yeah, it was really hard for her because she's relatively young, early forties and, um, just hadn't expected it. So yeah. Yes,
0: for sure. We never know. Do we? Yeah. Never, never. We never know. So, you know coming from the wellness and fitness industry and as we talked about before when you were younger and you know you felt that you didn't feel comfortable in your body and as you know there's a lot of different statistics and they say that around 97% of women suffer from body image issues in their lives wow. and yeah which i kind of think to be honest i feel like it should be 100% because i don't actually know anyone that's never suffered from some kind of body image issue in their life, yeah. so whether it be a minor thing or you know more of a major thing, but I definitely yeah, it was quite surprising anyway, but you know, as we know as women, we are put under so much pressure to look good um, and be the perfect wife and um, girlfriend um, employee, <laughs> you know <laughs> what friend, and all this, so what are your views like? you know, from your own experience and also coming from the industry that you're in now on body image and how, you know, have you seen it affect your life and your clients' lives and where you think we're heading, you know, because now we're, you know, living in such a digitally influenced world. Like, where do you think we're going with all of this? Uh,
1: It's so interesting because I think on the one hand, having this, world where we're so much more open and sharing more things there's a lot more introduction of different body types that there wasn't before we've talked about this me and you where for us kate moss was the ideal that was the body type there was no diversion from that in terms Mm -hmm. of like what was the ideal And that seems to be changing now and you have a lot more women being showcased in different ads that are a normal weight but would have been considered overweight in the past. Um, You have a lot more models being showcased that are different from the traditional. Everything from hair to body color to everything. So in that way, I think it's really, it's going in a positive direction. On the other hand though, I feel that it's almost like only the extremes are really acceptable. It's almost like you can be, um, you can be quite overweight or outside the average and that's becoming more acceptable, which is, which is good. Like that needs to be, that should have never been a negative thing. Like you are what you are and you do the best you can. Yeah. I just worry about people who are in, are in the middle, You know, they're not quite Mm. super fit, but they're also not this plus size model who's being showcased. Like where did they fall in
0: because
1: they don't really have someone who's representing them and... It's just a bit frustrating to me to see, especially on social media, where you have someone who's plus size and showing their curves and being really praised for it, or you have someone who's super fit doing the same thing. But when you have someone in between, it's just, there seems to be an absence for from that. And that needs to be shown because most of us fall in the in-between. Yeah. <laughs> we're not super fit. We're not plus size. Most of us do fall in the in-between. Uh, So I wish that that were shown more and I don't know like if that will change. I hope that it will. In my industry, I think it's getting better. Like there's a lot more of a focus before it was always people just wanted to come to me to get thin. Now it's like they want to get thinner, but they also recognize the importance of feeling better and being stronger.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not just about the way you look it's about the way you feel. Yeah. And feeling strong in your body and yeah. Yeah. And eating foods that feel good to you and that you feel good and energized. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that that's a big point. And then the last thing on body image that this is, can be somewhat controversial when I say it as a personal trainer. Uh, I always tell clients like the way to stop Getting frustrated with the way you look—it's not necessarily to like go do a fitness program or go do a diet or whatever or any more extreme measures. It's more like to accept what your upper limit is. Like we're all born with a certain body type mm-hmm. genetically. That's what we have. It's not as easy for some people to lose weight as for others. It's not as easy for some people to have a curvy bum as for others. Yeah, like it's just that's the case that sometimes you have to accept that if you're really working hard and you've gotten the proper instruction from someone and you've been doing it for months and months and you're not getting what you want then that's your body shape and when you accept that like, all of the negativity that you feel about yourself starts to go away it's only when you keep pushing for something that's not attainable that it becomes a problem
0: yeah because you're just suffering yeah.
1: Instead of accepting.
0: Yeah. And also, I think as well, one thing I definitely learned through my um, body image journey was learning to appreciate my body and everything it does for me and to stop beating it up. Um, I mean, obviously, like I said before, I, I had an eating disorder. And, and even after um, I came out of that, I, I, we've talked about this before and I, and I would go to yoga, which yoga could like, you know, helped to to cure me and it got me through some really tough times, but I put all my addictive energy into just doing yoga all the time. And I would go to like Bikram yoga classes that are like 90 minute long and they're intense. And I would go like six times a week. Wow. Yeah. And then I, then suddenly I remember when I was writing my book, I was like, oh my God, I've just changed this energy from like obsessive energy, you know, from not eating to I've transferred it into yoga, which obviously is healthier. But at the same time, that addictive energy personality was still there. And so mm-hmm. I was still kind of, I wasn't treating myself nicely. I was just kind of beating myself up. Um and so through that I realized that as well, it's like doing things that make you feel good in your body, whether it's exercise, what you eat, and also appreciating what your body does for you and and not focusing on whether you know you've got chunky thighs or you've got a flat bum, like because we want to look at ourselves as a whole, like not not one person is perfect and we're always constantly striving for that perfection because we're being constantly bombarded with messages being told that we're not enough yeah and so we always think we have to do more when I've realized that it's more about feeling good like you said before it's about feeling good appreciating the body that I have and the way it is like understanding my body shape like as you know Sha I'm long and slim and and, mm-hmm. and I, I don't have curves and you know a lot of people like oh it's you're it's all right for you and it, it, yeah i am lucky i'm tall and slim but i would like to have like a bigger <laughs> <laughs> um and, like a bit more boobs you know and it's like yeah we always want yeah. what we don't have
1: at the moment yeah
0: right and it's come kind of, to the point where I'm like, you know what, it's actually okay. Like, it's fine. Like this is part of who I am and I appreciate it. And that's not to say, cause I, I do believe that as we go through life and we age as well, different things come up. I spoke about this the other day um, with another lady, Casey, that I had on the podcast that, you know, she, it's, I feel like it's a continual journey because we're constantly evolving and changing. And so as we get older, different things come up for us that didn't come up from, for us when we were like 20, you know, like then it gets to the stage where gravity, wrinkles, you know, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's constantly um, changing and evolving. And I think the most important thing is to constantly go back to appreciation.
1: Yes. Yeah. And acceptance because one of the, it's like one of the most interesting things that if you think about is no one ever, once you get past what, maybe age 18, you accept your height. Right? So if you're too tall or you're too short, you're never like, oh, like, sure, once in a while, I think, oh, it'd be nice to be taller, it'd be nice to be shorter, whatever. But you accept it because it's something that society and everyone knows physically, you can't change. So why obsess about it? And if people took that mentality more to other areas within reason, because you can change things a little bit, of course, it's a little bit different from height, then that acceptance would, your life would be just so much better. I mean, how often do you think, oh my gosh, I wish I were like taller or shorter. You get over that quite soon in your life. Um, But we go well into our 50s, 60s, maybe even 70s thinking, oh, I wish I would have been this, or I wish I would have looked like that. And it's just unfortunate that that same acceptance can't extend to the rest of your body
0: right yeah it's so true it's so true about the height it's like you know you can't do much about that so you yeah you just get on with it. yeah
1: you just work
0: with what you have and again it's so funny because I remember when I was younger and I would walk on the curb because I was so tall and lanky and I hated it (laughs) and it's like then you have like people that are short you know it's just it's crazy we always like we're always wanting what we don't have Mm -hmm. and and like it's it's it is it's kind of fucked up it's crazy and like i think like you said when we can just sit into um self-acceptance and just be like okay this is what i have and i'm gonna work with what i've got and appreciate ourselves and what our body does for us i just think that you know life is is so much better and it's and focus on feeling good Rather yes. than the physical.
1: Yeah. Adding in that feeling and accepting yourself but also being open to growth. Cause I think the message of self acceptance can sometimes get twisted where people think just as you are is fine. Yeah. But even not just physically, emotionally, mentally, everything we should be always trying to grow and be a little bit better. Yes. Uh but the self acceptance is more like acknowledging where you are and being kind with yourself and where you can get to.
0: Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And being okay with it and knowing that, you know, just keep like moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And often I think as well, we can be pleasantly surprised when we let go of that pressure as well. A hundred percent. And if we focus on how we feel, we can, yeah, be pleasantly surprised so yeah and like you know talking about body image you know and feeling good and looking good and and appreciating ourselves and self-acceptance and as you know like part of what I do I'm a style consultant so personal style is really important to me and for me and this is what I this is one of my messages is that personal style is an act of Of self-love just like you know keeping fit looking after your body eating you know good nutritional food for me the what you put on your body your second skin is really important because it's to do with how you communicate to the world and also how you communicate to yourself what does personal style mean to you and and how do you feel that it impacts your life
1: it's, so, personal style, like we've discussed this a bit before, where I was someone who didn't really, I kind of took it for granted. I, I would you know, dress, especially when I was in the corporate world, I would dress acceptable, but it was never unique or it was never bold or anything like where someone would be like, oh, she, like, this is her style. I think you wouldn't have been able to really communicate how I dressed besides, oh, city worker. And once I got into fitness, that changed because when you are an instructor, you become a leader and you become someone who's representing what a lot of the people in the room are working towards, what they're aspiring to. And so the confidence you give off and the way that you present yourself is very important, especially when people don't know you. Like their first impression is very important. So I've found that personal style. Has really been as important, probably, as my basic skill set for what I do. And even on video as well, because I think it communicates to the rest of the world like, this is my personality. It also shows people that you are self assured in yourself, which makes them more comfortable in dealing with you. People yeah. always prefer to deal with someone who is comfortable in themselves. It's just the way that it is, they feel more at ease um you can feel the energy coming off of them rather than taking it from you (laughs) (laughs) which we know there's a lot of people who are still struggling with that so i think personal style for me is really it's just like another um part of me doing well and and being successful and also being able to relate to people better it's not just um it's not just the way it looks anymore. It's like very important to have, to communicate like that inner self through outside outward appearance. Yeah, totally. And it's like, you know, even, even when you go to the gym
0: or when you're doing fitness or whatever, I think people often are like, oh, just grab whatever, you know, some old track pants Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I swear it does make a difference if you've got a nice, some nice leggings on and a nice top and like it like when you see yourself in the mirror you feel completely different yeah you know so it's like true. personal style isn't just like what you wear on a saturday it's it's everywhere it's 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 when you go to the gym it's when you the way you walk the way you hold yourself the way you communicate your body language your posture you know and i think we often forget that that it, we think, oh, it only embodies just fashion and fashion mm-hmm. is, you know, frivolous. And so I think people really underestimate what it actually means. And it does, yeah. it really does have a huge impact. Like when I see your videos and you're wearing like those really colorful um, leggings and like bright colors, it's just like, it's it feel like it's just more, everything's more alive
1: yeah, I think this is the big thing. I think, and this is probably why, especially, people come to work with you. Is I know this was the case for me too before I went into fitness, is that I didn't know what to do or how to find a personal style. So I think that's what limits people. I think a lot of times they understand it would make a difference, but they just don't know where to begin or how to show that. For me, I had a brand to represent. So that kind of gave me the parameters. Like it's a Brazilian inspired brand. So obviously I'm dressing louder, um, more colorful. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't have that, I think it would have been really hard to figure out how do I highlight you know, different aspects of my personality? Yeah, like who
0: am I? Who, who am I? What do I like? What? Mm-hmm. Who, who? Who do I aspire to be? What do I want to communicate out to the world? And I think, I think to be able to and like with when you're branding a business as well, it's similar because at the end of the day, it's you're showcasing um, your yes. business, and so that's a massive part of who you are. It's an extension of who you are. So mm-hmm. the more we can understand ourselves and know what we like and know what feels good and what works for us then the easier it is to develop our own personal style. And I think that's where it's all, that's what's missing. And I think, you know, people just look in magazines and think, oh yeah, that's the new trend. I'm just going to go and like emulate that. And then that's it. And they don't really stop to think about what suits them, what feels good, what they like, what message they want to give off. So I think it's really important to do the inner work before you start to, you know, buy purchase lots of clothes and and you know for me it's all about having a sustainable wardrobe that works for you it's not about having thousands of clothes because at the end of the day that's just a headache and Mm -hmm. it's not good for ourselves or the planet and so I really believe in like you know investing in items and having more of a smaller wardrobe that
1: works together well I love that. I remember I went and met with a, another f- friend who's an entrepreneur recently for lunch, and she said, uh, she said, "I can't afford Primark anymore because the quality obviously is like it's so Terrible. it's so cheap. so even though you're paying so cheap, the thing is is it doesn't last. Yeah. It's not sustainable, it's also not good for the environment. So it's more like invest a little bit." in quality pieces that make you feel good that feel good on your skin too which is a yeah. big thing which I think people overlook and in it lasts for years yeah and and so that's that's I think that mentality is changing a little bit but yeah it's always more short-term mindset a lot of the time
0: yeah and I think that's like with a lot of stuff now it's not just with clothes it's and fast fashion it's you know you know you must yeah. see that with <laughs> nutrition yeah exactly <laughs> and, we're, and look, you oh, know man. it's like we need to teach people that it's it's more about long-term sustainability that's what works it's not about like the quick fixes that you're not going to you know turn into habits and you're not going to sustain so yeah and it's yeah. the same with the wardrobe it's like if you keep buying in primark you're going to spend all this money eventually. You're going to end up spending more than if you were to mm-hmm. invest more. You know, so
1: it's a hundred percent. It's that hundred percent. It's like also, I often say to people, I'll say like, do you want to spend, you know, three six months being your ideal weight? Or do you want to be your right weight for ten years? It's like you choose what's more important, yeah. <laughs> what's the more sustainable option? Like do you want it for short term to feel good about it, to like save on cost, or do you want to actually have real change and and be able to, to live your life in a more sustainable way?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm just going to pivot slightly the conversation. If you could sit down with anyone and have a chat with them, who would that be and why? Hmm.
1: Uh That's a tough question. (laughs) I think this is at the risk of being cliche, because I'm sure someone else will say this too, but I think probably I would actually really like to sit down and chat with Marilyn Monroe. Really? I love it. Has no one said that? No. (laughs) I just think it would be so interesting because I think she was a really intelligent person and she lived in a time where that was not how women were seen. And she had to monetize the image of what men wanted, which is a dumb blonde. And... I think it would be interesting to talk to her and just see like how much she really understood about the persona she was giving off because I think it was quite a lot and everyone always dismisses her as, you know, ah, just blah, blah, blah. But if you think about it, to be able to be the person who dominated that many films and who had that reputation, but was still in certain circles, I don't think that that's someone that could just be stupid.
0: (laughs) No, not at all. I don't think so. And I think talking to her could be extremely interesting, you know, or have, having been able to talk to her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: From a persona point of view, like mm. this idea, which you already know running a business, it's an extension of yourself, but the image you're giving is it's like often a more exaggerated version of you. And and so I wonder with her as well, like what was the the real version actually like?
0: Right. Yeah, like who underneath her persona, who was she? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. And if you could turn back time and talk to your younger self, what would you tell her?
1: (laughs) You know, it's hard because it's like a lot of the things you would would say you actually have to go through because the process is important that it's not enough to just be told something. It's almost like you have to have undergone it, Hmm. big thing is I would have said, and it's funny that I say this now because I'm sure my future self would want to tell myself this now too, (laughs) is (laughs) is, uh, to really not um, worry so much about the future, to not stress so much about the future Mm -hmm. because it's something that the more you fight what you want to happen and the way you visualize things, the more complicated it plays out and there was that saying I might have said it to you before I think where it was like your your life is gonna be nothing like you imagined it will be so much more so it's like you have these ideas of what you want and It never goes that way. It's slightly different. And I think I was really obsessed with that, even more so when I was younger. It was like I had five year plans and ten year plans. Yes. Has to be like (laughs) this. this (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure if I went to my younger self now, she'd be like, What are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing being an instructor and a personal trainer? You were supposed to be in an embassy or something. Right. (laughs) I think she'd be like mortified but then at the same time she wouldn't have experienced some of the really amazing things that I have because I've gone on this less traditional path right so I think yeah it's just to to be more relaxed about how you see things playing out life yeah
0: yeah I agree and I think I think that worrying about the future is a big one for a lot of people and it's so true and like half the things that you worry about well actually most of the things you worry about never ever happen anyway so yeah. it's like we're kind of just creating problems
1: <laughs> yeah you know and, and it, even if they do happen like someone had said if it happens, it's like by worrying about it, you're punishing yourself twice. You're making right. yourself go through it twice. <laughs> yeah, so. which,
0: is, which is so true. And like you said, I do believe in in that we we grow through the things that happen to us. And I seriously look back now and I don't regret any of the things that have happened to me and wish they hadn't because I understand that they were part of my journey and they've got me to where I am today. Mm. And, and I think like you said, when we, when we worry about the future, we're just blocking and we're blocking living the present moment. And when we can't be fully content and present, if we're just thinking about the future. And so it's like looking back at photos of yourself and being like, oh, why didn't I appreciate myself more when I was younger? And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's like, why didn't I appreciate that moment more? And, you know, we're constantly thinking about What's going to happen? Oh, planning to do this. And and I think it's great to plan. And I had this conversation the other day with someone else about planning. It's good to have a plan. And I think it's important to have goals and plans. But I also think it's important to leave space for for spontaneous things to happen. Because otherwise we're just living our life like by plan. And often we miss out on many magical things that can happen, you know.
1: Yeah, things are completely, you just have no idea how, how they'll play out. You have no, no sense and just being open to it allows you to, to really go down paths that you might not have even realized were possible for you. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I think
0: you're so right about, you know, just being open not, not, and not putting all your energy into what's going to happen but more living – The moment. For sure. Yeah. So Shah, what's your definition of a magnetic woman? How would you define her? (laughs) 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 Um
1: it's interesting because this is like I do morning affirmations as Mm -hmm. part of my morning routine. And that's always been something that I've put in there to to be more magnetic, to have that magnetism, that charisma, because it's one of those things where it just draws people to you. So for me, being a magnetic woman or even a magnetic person is knowing who you are, being comfortable with who you are. And being open to others and who they are without trying to change them, but just accepting them and being there, and you kind of radiate this energy almost that people want to be around. That yeah. they they want to know more about you. They see you as not necessarily an icon, but you know a um, like yeah. a inspirational force almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that that's it. Yeah, I love it.
0: So. Tell our listeners where they can connect with you online. Sure. So
1: I'm all online this, these days. as in the <laughs> 100% online. Uh, so you can find me if you're doing more for workouts on YouTube, and it's Corpal Fitness is the name there. You can even do like Brazilian bum workout. It'll probably be number one up there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Instagram, which is also CorePal Fitness. Also on Pinterest, the same thing, and then on my Facebook if you use it for that. And then finally, my website, which is corepalfitness.com.
0: Okay, amazing. I'll put all the links in the show anyway, <laughs> so it'll be easy. Yeah. And finally, what one piece of advice would you love to share with our listeners today? Hmm.
1: Any kind of advice. Yes. Anything you want. <laughs> this opens the doors to everything. Um, one thing that I decided to do when I left, well, I decided twice, once when I was much younger and then when I left the corporate world, is that I decided that I was going to live my life without any regrets that, I wasn't going to make decisions if I knew that I would regret them and I wanted to be able to look back in life and think like, well, at least I tried or I did this or I did that. I never wanted to look back and think I didn't try that opportunity because I know so many people, even in my own family, who did that. Mm -hmm. And... So the result is, or the advice I would say is to, if there's something that you've been thinking about, something that calls to you, whether that's writing a book, starting a business, going on a trip, whatever it is, like start planning now, because if you don't do it, it goes way into the future and you will regret it. And that regret is pretty much the worst feeling in the world. There's only one thing I ever did in my life that I regret, and that was not taking an opportunity that I knew would have been amazing um, because of fear. Right. So... I feel like just do what you're thinking of if the only thing stopping you is fear or budget or whatever just find a way around it because you want to be that older person who's sitting back like being like man I had a great life like even if you failed <laughs> at least you had a great life
0: yeah I love it <laughs> yeah so that's yeah, what just, I
1: would leave them with
0: yeah don't let fear get in the way of living Never. your yeah. dreams yeah agree yeah. totally So thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for sharing your pearls of wisdom and your experiences and being open and, and vulnerable. It's been amazing to connect as always. And yeah, I look forward to the next time that we connect. Sounds good. Thank you, Lou. Thank you. You're so welcome. Talk soon.
1: Talk soon. Ciao. Ciao.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you did, please subscribe to the She's Magnetic Podcast, rate and review in the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening from, I'd be so grateful. Also, please check out the show notes for more information on my guest and learn more about me on my website, www.lustokes.com. And if you are not already part of the She's Magnetic community on Facebook, please join us there. Until next time, be inspired, take action, and step into your magnetic power. A production by Cabina29.